friends, it's a Pixel Raider. It's a me, Mario. Woohoo! You number one. <laughs> so, what I just learned yesterday is um, <laughs> the Bob the Baba Yaga DLC. Yeah. Is an actual thing. I just thought Will was making up words. Oh my god! No, that's real, Tristan. Yeah, that's the best. It's actually pretty good. It's it's worth it's worth checking out. I'll say that. And with that, oh my god! Hey, I'm Antonio. Welcome to episode five of Pixel Raiders Podcast Land Party. Woo! I'm your other host, Will. I'm your other other host, Danny. I am still Tristan. And I'm Alex. Yay! We finally have Alex. We promised you Alex, and here he is. I hope he lives up to your standard. We promised him. Yeah, it was worth the wait, you guys. Yeah, don't disappoint me, Alex. I will disappoint (laughs) everybody. Don't worry. (laughs) Like four episodes ago, and he's finally here. Oh, my God. All right, so what is is, everyone playing? This is episode five, right? Yeah. Woohoo! There, there won't actually be fifth element talk. Uh, well, I think it's important, right? That we get into some weird shit. Super green. So, uh, so what have you guys been playing? Well, oh my gosh. The, the day that we're recording this is the same day that the new Fire Emblem came out. And, wow. I've, n- I've never heard of that game. So, I- it... it <laughs> It plays like a tabletop strategy RPG, mm-hmm. um, and it's really good. Um, I picked it up this morning, and I had to work, and that's the only reason why I put it down. Mm-hmm. I was supposed to work today, too. Which version did you pick up, Danny? I got Conquest. You got Conquest. And this is only cool. for the 3DS? Correct. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah. So the really cool thing about this game is there's um, its umbrella name is Fire Emblem Fates. And essentially that whole story is split into two different games. So you can play Conquest or you can play Birthright. I mean, eventually you can play them both. Um, but essentially they they tell two sides of the same story. Um and they have like different maps, different battle mechanics um, for each different game. So it's not like you're playing the same game with like different characters. It's like two completely different stories, but oh, that intertwine. Yeah. yeah. Weird. Nice. Yeah. It's like a continuation cool. story. Yeah. I'm very excited about it. Mm-hmm. I saw you fiddling uh, with the 3D slider this afternoon. So I was interested in checking that out on the. 3D. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, cool. I've still been playing. Uh, I've still been playing Digimon Cyber Sleuth on the PS Vita, and I recently fell back into Fallout on PS4. Really? And nice. Yeah, I missed it. It was time to go back. Time to go back. Did you, I think did this you weekend, start a new uh, character or? No, no, no. Same one. I think this weekend will be the weekend that I finish Rise of the Tomb Raider, and then I'm just going to go <clears> back <throat> to Fallout Four some more. So that's what I've been nice. playing. About right. Did you, uh, does your, I just, I always like to ask this when people say they play Fallout 4, does your character have like a weird thing that they have to do? Like, so, some people that I know have characters, totally not me, <laughs> have characters where their thing is that if they kill anybody, they like can take all the ammo and money and loot and whatever, but they have to take the person's pants just to, 
Just to you're you're, you're a sure. weird dude. I'm not sad. Uh, Wait, do you have like a chest in your house that's just full of random people's pants? Yeah, they're like. I mean, I mean, so no. Oh my god. So, so like, you know how serial killers like usually take a trophy? That's your yeah. trophy. Your yeah. trophy is it's pants. the pants. It's the pants. Oh, cool. So I just didn't know if you like had a thing like that that you know other people might do. Oh my god. Um, I feel like I know so much more about you now, Will. <laughs> Will's calling card is theft. He's like the Pikmin. He leaves the cards on the body. I just take the pants with me. That's fine. I'm, I'm just imagining no, Will. Will playing. You heard Fallout it here 4. first. I'm just imagining Will playing Fallout Four, and he's in first person. He goes to the chest. He opens it up, puts on the pants, switches to third person, and then just like these like rotating panoramic. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm too sexy is playing in the background. He's having a straight up fashion montage. And a bunch of bodies are like lining the floor that are all pantsless. Ah. <laughs> uh. Yeah, That's that'd good. be weird, huh? So um, maybe uh, maybe you maybe you do a thing like that too, right? Like what do you yeah, well, what's your thing? No. I, I don't do anything like that, Will. No, I'm not <laughs> Fine. Way to be boring. I, I sh- baby, I shoot and loot. That's it. Yeah. Shoot and loot. Oh, my God. I want to know if anybody actually plays, like, One Punch Man. Uh, <laughs> that thing I've seen going around. That, like, max no. out his strength. Destroy people's no. faces. I've never been on the internet. My, my character is, like, an unfairly powerful god because I was doing that glitch where you can duplicate that stats book. Oh, oh with and the I just, dog? Yeah, mm-hmm. I just maxed out all my stats before they patched it, and now I'm just... <laughs> ungodly powerful and then the game stopped being fun so i probably shouldn't have done that yeah so what are you playing tristan i am also playing fire emblem that i picked up um i am playing birthright and so the the, the, there are two differences between the versions like that uh, as danny was saying like if you've ever played fire emblem awakening birthright is a lot like that with like an overworld and a lot of grinding whereas conquest is a lot of mission-based uh requirements to like complete mm-hmm. instead of just killing things so it's a lot more of a of a challenge like strategic uh, yeah military so battle type things. i applaud danny for playing that one first um and another thing that she didn't mention is they're actually releasing a third chapter to those games uh called revelations as dlc and it kind of bridges the two of them together so we will both be playing that at some point and i want to do yeah. if danny i think we should do like a a joint review. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that would be really awesome. Hmm. Yeah. Other than that, I haven't I haven't played really anything. Played some Spelunky. More Spelunky. More Spelunky. Spelunky. Yeah. Uh, cool. What about well, you, Alex? Yeah, or what about you, Alex? No, um, well, I've been playing last night. I, I uh, jumped into the Division beta. Uh, nice. Really How is that? Yeah, yeah what are your thoughts on that? It's a lot of fun. So I'm so you start out at level four just in the beta, and I'm at level seven now. So the way it kind of works is like it's very much like you use a lot of cover in the actual area that you're in, and you kind of like it. It, it took me a while. You know, I, I was kind of telling you guys about this. I'm not very good at that, like, just by nature. I'm very much, like, I just run into the middle of the field and just kind of, like, start shooting everything. Um, that's, like, <laughs> my my go-to strategy. Very much and true so, to life. 
Right. And so this is just like definitely like an adjustment because I don't, you know, like games like Gears of War and stuff like that, that use that same kind of idea. Um, I didn't play too much of like I beat them, but I never like revisited it at any point. And so it's, it's a definite learning curve in that regard, but the actual like the ui is really unique where so like when you add something to your inventory the inventory count of what you have will kind of like pop up on your guys's back so you can see the count and everything there's a lot of little details like that that they have that i'm like super into Hmm. um yeah it looks it looks pretty cool all around i haven't i haven't unlocked like the pvp area that you can dive into um so i'll probably do that later tonight but nice. that's that's about it. Yeah. I've got it uh waiting for me after this, so I'm definitely gonna give it a chance. That sounds pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Are you playing I'm it gonna... on Xbone? I am, yeah. And you can, <gasps> we should like, you can, Oh my god. Uh absolutely we should. Uh yeah. And like you can you can alter the difficulty. So like if you hit like a little area that was like too difficult or it was too easy. Like my my uncle and I, we kind of hit the wall where it was like just kind of like really easy, and we were still using the same gun that we started out with, and we were like, okay, like we need to, you know, yeah. <laughs> right on, man. That sounds pretty fun. Nice, mm-hmm. cool. Well, I threw myself back to uh, last year, and I booted up Alien Isolation again. Because after all this time, after all this time, I let it sit. It has had enough time to get scary again because I forgot where everything goes. Um, (laughs) And the game is really long. So it's like really easy to just forget how time consuming this thing is. But um, yeah, man, threw myself right back into Alien Isolation. I booted it up on uh, the Nightmare difficulty and I tried playing it for a while and I got a good four hours in and then I said, nope. And I went back to hard difficulty because uh, if nothing else, the radar, the fact that the radar doesn't work in, in nightmare mode, uh, like it feels like you're, if you, did you guys ever play the game? Do you guys play it before? Mm-mm. Okay. So it's, it's kind of a throwback to the original alien where she's got the little radar detector. Um, and it's very effective when she's on moderate levels of the ship that have open areas. So you can really see where everything is and kind of like pinpoint there's a dot coming at you. Um, but if you're in a, in a tunnel or like an air vent, um, it doesn't work very well. It's like, I get, okay, probably they're coming from the, from the left. And, and I have a sense that there may be more than one. That's it. So that in nightmare mode is all the time, which means I have no idea where anything is. You can't sneak and you get just destroyed all the time. And it's more frustrating than fun. Uh, so I went back to hard for the experience of the story again. Mm. Awesome game. Cool. Yeah. It's it's been good. Cool. I would recommend it if you guys have never picked it up. It's probably on sale, actually. Yeah. Oh man, I thought of another game that I picked up. What? Do tell. Uh, do tell. I've been playing um, Pixel Piracy. I think is what it's called. Hmm. Oh, what it's, is that? Ooh, that's, it that's, is that's, that's the, that's the pirate fo- game. Yeah, it's the follow up to Terraria. Um, it's okay. by the same. It's by the guys who made Terraria, and it's an open world pirate game. Uh, it is only a single player experience, so don't expect a like very Terraria like thing. Mm. Um, so far, it hasn't really lived up to my expectations, but I'm still giving it a shot. Were your uh, expectations high to begin? Well, with? my my expect so when I hear pirates, I get really excited. I love pirates, and I love <laughs> pirate ships, mm-hmm. and I want to sail them. Mm-hmm. Like I played, you I played lo- Assassin's Creed Black Flag. Booty. 
I, I played Assassin's Creed Black Flag and just ignored the campaign so that I could drive my ship around that was and sing shanties. Yeah. Yeah. I love, sh- I also love shanties. Um, uh, but you can't like, there's no ship sailing in pixel piracy. It's just like a map and you click and then your ship goes there and then you do stuff. Yeah. So that's kind of a disappointment. But other than that, Not enough it's, pirates. It's, yeah. Well, no, there are Not a heck, heck poop ton of pirates for sure. But it's, uh, <laughs> I'll share, I'll share more about it after I have some time in there. Yeah. Cool. How far, uh, or how many hours have you put into the game so far? Probably like an hour. Okay. That's yeah. not bad at all. Very, very, Still very has new. Room to yeah. grow. For sure. For sure. Cool. What have you been playing, cool. Tony? I already said what I was playing. Did, Did you? you? Edit that yeah. out. <laughs> I'm going to. <laughs> Actually, don't edit that out. They'll leave it in. Great. Uh, so, with that said, we're going to move on to the recap for the week. So, first topic we have is that NX has been rumored to support Unreal Engine 4 and Unity at launch, uh, which is a pretty big deal because that gives some perspective that it's going to be on par with Xbox One and PS4. Yeah, Um, yeah, the Unity thing thing isn't that surprising. Like, everything runs Unity at this point, basically. Um, But the Unreal 4 is a huge thing because that means the ability to work with third parties gets way bigger because everybody's using Unreal 4. Mm -hmm. So like for a company that's notoriously poor relationships with third party developers, this could be a huge game changer for the NX. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. They'll, They'll probably still have somewhat of a curve with third party developers, just depending on what kind of, you know, interaction-y kind of, gimmick if they put on it like with the Wii it was the motion sensing and with the um, not for sure the Wii U it was the gamepad and everything so they if they're going along the lines of of that and having their own kind of like a unique flair on the NX NX there's still going to be that factor but like oh my gosh we will so ready for this Mm -hmm. we'll see uh the next bit is Daigo lost to Lupe Fiasco Tristan, you want to elaborate? So, do, do any of you guys pay attention or follow competitive fighting games at all? False. Mm, not so much, except no. for maybe like the um, MMA stuff. Okay, well, I do. Um, I'm, I'm really <laughs> big into watching competitive Street Fighter and competitive Smash Brothers. Um, and so Daigo Umahara is notoriously known around the world as being the best uh, Street Fighter player of all time. Um, if you haven't seen him play, I would super recommend going to YouTube and looking up Evo 2004, uh, Daigo versus Justin Wong. Uh, it's still to this day the greatest moment I've ever seen in competitive gaming. Um, in Street Fighter Alpha 3, he parries. I'm going to stop talking because you guys won't have any idea. Oh my just gosh, go watch, I have seen that. Video. I yeah, have seen that. It's amazing. Ever. Yeah. Anyways, um, Lupe Fiasco is a rapping artist, I think, and he challenged Daigo to to fight in Street Fighter, and everybody just kind of didn't really make a big deal. Even Lupe Fiasco like quoted like it would be an honor to lose to Daigo. Um, so they set up a like charity event thing at a Street Fighter Five uh, opening tournament, and they actually played each other and. 
Lupe Fiasco won, which caused a humongous controversy yeah. online. People were like claiming that Daigo was sandbagging and he was throwing the match and it was just totally unacceptable. I personally don't think that. I think Lupe Fiasco actually did genuinely beat him to a degree. Um, but I'm going to write some stuff about it that you can check out on the website. But Is there a uh, video of it? There is, yeah. It's all it's all on YouTube. Um, mm-hmm. You can definitely tell that Daigo was sandbagging a little bit. Uh, if you don't know what that means, it just means kind of like charging into the enemy and not really doing a whole lot uh, and getting you know letting letting them hit you. Yeah. Um, uh, but but what sense. made this what made this kind of different is I don't think Daigo was familiar with the new anti air um, components of Street Fighter Five because it's a brand new game. So he had that against him, and they had a weird, weird structure for their match. Usually, like historically, a, a match for Street Fighter will go best out of five, yeah. and they only played three games. So even when they had, like, Mad Cats, who was sponsoring it, had called the match, both of them were looking at the game still like, okay, we're going to keep playing, because they had no idea. So I think there were, like, a number of factors in why Daigo lost. But yeah, it's a, just, just keep an eye on the site, because it's a, it's a really interesting story of, of what happened. Ooh, yeah. That's yeah. cool. Does that I mean that Lupe was going to get into that. that kind of arena now that he's kind of sort of made a name for himself a little bit? I mean, you know, he's he's at the top of the mountain, so someone's got to someone's got to push him down. I mean, the the funny thing is is like people were exploding on him on Twitter like he was doing something wrong or something. It's just like mm. my favorite part about the whole thing is like it got an entire subculture of people talking about competitive Street Fighter, which is awesome to me. Hmm. Yeah, and that's that's real. That's that's what's really stands out about that entire thing. But solid. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Cool. Yeah, we'll have to check that out. Yep. Uh, moving on, uh, number three, we have that at the New York Toy Fair, uh, NECA uh, has confirmed that Sony's bringing back Crash Bandicoot, I'm which so we've happy seen a lot cry. of rumors so and speculation. So they finally confirmed. Oh uh, Sony hasn't no, but they've been they've been trolling us hard all year. So you can you can <laughs> I mean, see some it uh, it's probably going to be been like leading up to this. Like it hasn't just been like one or two. It's like this like slow kind of integration of like, oh, Crash Bandicoot. What are you talking about, Winky Face? You know, like it's it's been very like tongue in cheek. Yeah, right. Well, absolutely. yeah, like Sean Sean Layden came out with a Crash Bandicoot shirt on, and then we have the PlayStation Twitter account, uh, not the American one. It was a different country. I forget. I think it was the Middle East um, tweeting about it. So, yeah, there's been a lot of teasing all, a lot of teasing all all year. We're getting some blue balls here. <laughs> That's true. I yeah. oh my god, if it's true, I'm so happy. Would, it's so much of my childhood. Would Naughty Dog develop that? that was gonna be I don't know. I don't think so. That'd be cool. That, yeah, I mean, I feel like they've got so. their hands busy with whatever Troy Baker's doing these days. So, <laughs> yeah, but they've got the budget now. They could make room for it. They could. It's yeah. not like it's not like Crash Bandicoot can really get it. Just like, that graphically and crazy. It seems like platforming is not their forte anymore. No, I don't think it is. Yeah, I don't know. I think, I think it was. I think it would like, be another studio. Yeah. They make like a Drake, like Crash Bandicoot Drake. <laughs> <laughs> He's like an unlockable character that you yeah. can use. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. So Sick. speaking of Uncharted, 
kind of. Uh, to parallel that, Rise of the Tomb Raider won the Writers Guild of America's Outstanding Achievement Award in Video Game Writing. That's really cool. Yeah. So that's cool. I can't, that's, really that's really cool. I can't say that I'm terribly surprised because even the the first reboot of the Tomb Raider series, like the the story is just so good in that game. Yeah. Like the and the, the script, and the, character the story that oh my god, just so and all the torture porn. Oh yeah, that's definitely <laughs> can't forget that. that was, can't forget that. that. <laughs> Thank you. That's a, that's really what the awards for. So. That's what the unlockables do. Is in case you haven't played through, beat the game again. See what we're talking about. Um, yeah, Laura. Yeah, dude. Well, wow. Um, <laughs> the the new the new Tomb Raider Rise of the Tomb Raider when it opens up on Laura and her friend walking on the cliff face like through the snow. I was sitting on the couch playing this with my girlfriend, and I was like, oh, my God, this is so beautiful. And then it, it, it did not disappoint the rest of the entire game. Like, I had not watched any ads. I hadn't seen anything about it. I was like, I'm going to get this. I know I want to play it. And blew me away. So yeah, I'm not yeah, surprised I, that it's won this. I'm excited to finish it this weekend. Do it. And then play read, it again. I haven't read, or rather, excuse me, I haven't watched too many, like, playthroughs or or like videos pertaining to it other than like a few like cinematics and stuff. But mm-hmm. after I pick up Far Cry and I do the playthrough for that um, and, and write the review, uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider is the next game I'm playing. Like, I, like I'm committed to playing that game because it just looks so good. And the more and more that I keep hearing people, which isn't too often, but when I'm talking to people and they bring it up, like no one's like, oh yeah, it was okay. They were like, go buy it. Everyone that I've talked to is like, just, just play it, you know, uh, which is, which is pretty reassuring, especially considering the fact that it's, you know, I don't know, like it, I, I tend to like listen to the overhype and then I'm like the disappointed person who is like, Oh, that wasn't actually as good as I thought it was going to be. And so mm-hmm. it's nice to see something kind of hitting in the yeah. middle, you know? I mean, yeah, I mean and, uh, Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say for me, the, the one thing that really stuck out to me is the fact that I wanted to pay money for the DLCs and it's not just, I want this game to be better. Let me have, uh, you know, something that will augment it. I was literally looking for, I need more content. I need more story. Yeah. I need more time. Have you played the DLCs? Will? yeah. Um, I got the Baba Yaga one. That's the only one I've played so far. How's the, oh, sorry. Bagabooey? Is that the... Bagabooey, yeah. Banjo-Kazooie, what? Is the Baba Yaga one the survival mode one? Uh, No, Baba Yaga is the add-on expansion story um, mission where you um, track down the Witch of the Wastes. Okay, yeah. Um, Yeah, and uh, like the quick overview is that there's this lady who kind of lives in this quote-unquote enchanted forest nearby where the rest of the game takes place. Um, uh, And don't go there. I'd be really interested in seeing what you have to say about the survival mode DLC. Yeah, I, I'm going to play it. That's that's my next. On that sounds really cool. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah, it sounds intense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. Uh, next bit of news is for those who are willing to try, PlayStation Four is now seeking beta testers for their next big upcoming firmware update. See that. Uh, I don't Sounds, I don't have any I don't have any details but you can uh sign up there's a link on our uh recap post. I'm always really cautious about beta testing system software updates yeah. on Yeah. on th- I, like it could be fine and it might not be an issue but I've always sort of been cautious that it would delete 
save files or just like, break I mean, it's or like, like some of your downloads it. won't work yeah and like what if you have an yeah. older device and like you download it and they're like well you sign up on the beta processing so you know you have to buy a new one i mean i don't think they would say that but and i don't think it would do that but you know what i mean beta, beta yeah, you, can, you can always beta. it's uncharted territory they said you can always roll back to the previous one so okay oh well that's helpful if you've got a guaranteed rollback then that's ha- helpful that you can roll back firmware on the PS4? Yeah. When you're beta testing. I'm so used they signed, to that. Because they signed both. Apple oh, Realm okay. can't go cool. back, must go forward. No, you no, no. you can go back. Okay. <laughs> there is only forward. <laughs> there was only onwards and upwards. So next up, we actually have some pretty big Nintendo news. Uh, so as of this week... Folks outside of Japan have been able to sign up for a Nintendo account. Uh, we're not going to dive into a lot of details here um, because all those details are on uh, posts that I wrote as well as a little mini FAQ if you have any questions. But once you get signed up for a Nintendo account, you can then pre-register for uh, Mitomo as well, which is their smartphone app. I registered for both. Super pumped. Same here. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. Too. Now if they just let me register for Pokemon Go, be all set. Oh my god, I can't wait. <laughs> That's coming soon, I feel like. <laughs> I just imagine Danny like running down the hallway, be like, out of my way, there's a friggin' Clefairy behind you. <laughs> just, <laughs> just like shove me into the wall to get at whatever's in the hallway. That is something happen. I do. Just like shoving aside little kids who are trying to get it too. Yeah. Get out of my way. <laughs> this is my YouTube. <laughs> you knocked out my retainer. <laughs> oh, my God. oh my That's going to be pretty good. But that really is going to uh, be me, so watch out. <laughs> Everybody out there, this is your warning, okay? Get out of my way. You get one. I'm serious about this. <laughs> Danny takes her Pokemon capturing seriously. Always has. Always will. I want to be the very best. Like, like no, no one, one ever was. Mm. Uh, I'm not familiar. Go on. To catch them yeah. is my real test. Thank you. To train them is my cause. Yeah. <laughs> so, Speaking uh, of Nintendo, yeah. mm-hmm. the next bit of news we had was the Nintendo New York City store reopened this actually today. And uh, Tristan and I got to check it out. Um, Hell yeah. It was have, amazing. It was amazing. Uh, yeah. uh, I, have a, I have a written piece up on the website, as well as an interview with Charles Martinet, who is, Which is the awesome. voice of Mario. My favorite part about that, that interview it's like is seconds. at the very beginning, when Antonio is like introducing him, you can just see the fanboy in his eyes, and he starts oh, to yeah. stutter, and it's, like, just, it's so him. adorable. It is. The video is it on the is. website, right? It's great. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, like it is. Oh my god, yes. totally worth seeing it. And then he does a he does a little promo stint for us mm. also, which is awesome. It's yeah, a me, Mario with Pixel. Um, funny, funny thing about that. Quick, so he did that little kind of promo thing for us, and he was really, really cool with me and everything. And then um, Tristan got his 3ds signed. And I picked out a faceplate, and I got him to sign my faceplate. So I'm standing in line waiting for him to, to sign my faceplate. And this other kid is up and is up talking to him, and he has a book. And he's like, yeah, I just want you to read this. And he's trying to get him to read 
like to promote his own podcast. And Charles oh, is like, well, I don't know if I really want to do that because that's kind of, you know, uh, promotion and and sponsorship. And I'm, I don't think I could do that, but I, I could say this. And I was just like, yeah, sucker. <laughs> well, <God. laughs> we, uh, we won't we won't tell anybody that he did it. No, he was no, a he won't. was a really nice guy though. He sounds like, really I'm, chill. Yeah, he was super he was really cool tall too. And tall. I was I was I was actually the one that was fanboying really hard. But oh um, my god, yeah, I can hear it in your voice yeah. in that special episode of the podcast yeah. that you guys released. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a brief podcast that Antonio and I recorded earlier that you can check out. Um, yeah, talking about yeah, that. It's, it's only really 15 minutes. There's one thing I didn't talk about in there that I will talk about here. I got to play. Twilight Princess HD. Oh, was it? how is that? So good. And they had it up on their big giant oh, new thanks for TV reminding me. screen. I need to order that for GameCube like right after we're done. Here. It's uh, oh man, Wait. it looks so gorgeous. The screen is gorgeous. It's beautiful. Because oh once that goes live, that stuff on Amazon is going to disappear. So I need to buy it. Like I, I watched him play ten seconds of it, and I was sold. We have video of me playing it and uh, talking to the guy a little bit, but I don't know if we've posted it. This is for Wii U? I think I, yeah. Um, I yeah. I put it on Instagram, but I got yeah. so weighed down doing all the other stuff, I didn't put any other video footage up yet, but I might do we'll it tomorrow. We'll get it up there, yeah. Yeah, it'll be on the site soon. So what's the next piece of news? Uh, the last one we actually have is Fallout 4 has announced three pieces of DLC that are going to come out in March, April, and May. Ooh, yeah. sexy. Oh, yeah. Let's discuss. Because that actually leads into our topic of the show, which is all about downloadable content and season passes. Season passes are the devil. You know, I don't, I, okay, we're, well, we're going to talk about it, right? That's our topic of the show. Um, I'll reserve my commentary until after, so you guys start. Well, so, I mean, I was just going to talk about the Wasteland Workshop portion and how i think that's going to be pretty cool how you can essentially set up cages uh around the entire you know area and you can capture and collect creatures essentially and you can either uh, like have them battle each other and all the other crazy stuff or you can i think like you can like make them be your pets or something i don't know uh but i think that's going to be super cool uh, is there a limit to what you can oh. catch? Can I catch people and make them do my bidding? Yeah, you can. Slavery was a big part of Fallout oh. 3, so yeah. I'm sure that's not a problem. Can Will catch people and make them submit their pants? I will need the pants. <laughs> submit forcefully your pants, good sir. They won't be submitting. They'll be taken. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, but I think that's going to be uh, a pretty fun thing to kind of just, you know... Like with all of these games, I really just kind of find myself like drifting mindlessly into like just unnecessary tasks of like collecting corn for like just stupid hours uh, like on my settlement. And I think that this is going to be one of those other just brain numbing tasks that I really enjoy doing for no set amount of time. Yeah. So to, to bring everybody up to speed, essentially the three DLCs that were announced uh, are called Automatron, which it's from everything that I've seen, it's about um, robot building um, and like adding I'm, more. That one more has me the most excited. That kind of stuff. Uh, I wish Wasteland. They would, oh, I sorry. Wish, I'm sorry. I just I wish they would 
explore something else. You know, I feel like they covered synths so heavily in the main campaign of Fallout 4. It would it would have been really nice for them to kind of explore new territory, especially with them like doing other things outside of, you know, that particular area. Mm-hmm. Like like Fallout 3, you know, like the pit and Operation Anchorage, those were totally like unique experiences. So just to go back to like synths and robots and stuff just seems kind of lazy to me. Well, so I think that, and I don't just fully disagree because I feel like going back to that is a little lazy since they already did it, but I can see the benefit of you can create your own little companion, you know, with like, they have personalities and things like whatever. But the, the thing about having an expandable area or an expandable mission, right. Is that you get a limited one-time experience. Whereas I know that with this, they're trying to augment the overall experience of the game. So you can play it again with your like Atama buddy um, versus, okay, cool. I go fight like a live death claw 50 times in this space. And then what, like, the game's over again. So I can I can see where their thinking is coming from, but I don't disagree with you that it feels a little bit like they could have done something else on top of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that. And then the the um I'm not sure if I'm saying these in the right order, uh, but the second one that they announced uh is the Wasteland workshop, which mm-hmm. was the one that Alex was talking about. And then the last one that I saw, the third one, uh, is called Far Harbor. Which um, cool. and from from what I read, it's like um, basically Nick Valentine, the detective guy, gets a case, um, and essentially it's uh, a new kind of story arc um, that takes place in a close yet far away um, kind of pier harbory place. Um, so I grew up in Maine. And there's a coastal city called Bar Harbor. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that's what they're basing it on, Ooh. which kind of makes me a little excited to check it out. Because uh, they said that it's like the biggest DLC map that they've made. So that would be that would be cool yeah. to, to see how that, that turns out. Now yeah, it's, it's its that. own like little world. Yeah, it's awesome. So it looks pretty cool. I'm excited. Uh, one other thing to note about the Fallout 4 DLC is... If you don't already have the season pass, you might want to get it right now because mm-hmm. they are going to up the price to fifty dollars. Uh, because they have they have changed the amount of DLC that they're going to release to uh, apparently a much larger amount, which is potentially worth more money. I guess. Yeah, I guess. That makes um, sense. So Ooh, March first, March first is when it goes up. So yeah, so yeah, get that season pass if you don't have it. Which uh, I don't have it, but I don't. I'm probably not gonna. I'm right, probably right done with Fallout. Twenty nine ninety nine, um, so and that, right that Far Harbor one, if you buy it on its own, is twenty four ninety nine. So you might as well pick up the other two. Yeah, I, I picked yeah. it up. I figured I might as well. I'll probably end up doing that. And right who knows if those are going to be the only DLCs? I saw that they're overhauling either. the um, the uh, survival mode as well. In that um, you get to really kind of have more control over food, sleep, disease, diseases, and danger. Um, so more like, what was that hardcore mode for Fallout New Vegas, where you needed a drink from the flask all the time unless you, lest you get dehydrated? I feel like they're planning something else for that. That's based on what I'm reading on their uh, Bethesda blog. In the realm of DLC and, and season passes, mm-hmm. I feel like it could go either way. So like, in my opinion, a really good example of 
season pass that has a lot to offer is something like um, what Bethesda just did with Fallout 4, right? They're like, hey, here are the three pieces of content. Here's what you're getting. And they lay it all out for you. They lay out the individual price of each piece. But then, you know, the benefits of getting the pass, not just save, you know, how much money you're actually saving. A really piss poor example that comes to mind is Star Wars Battlefront. Oh hey, hey guys, we know I the game. Do season passes? Well, yeah, you, you can get an emote, guys. Hey guys, we paid. You know, we know you paid sixty dollars. Pay us another uh, fifty, and we don't know what you're going to get because we didn't even make it up yet. Yeah, they're still working on it, but it's a good way to finance it. But no. I, I think, like uh, at its mm. core, at least the difference between those two games and their DLCs in my mind is with Fallout 4 I had a complete game that I could enjoy for a long time on its own without DLCs. I would have been happy of course I'm excited for the DLCs but I would have been happy with that game without anything in addition with Battlefront like that like barely like a whole day's worth of content. Yeah. And so well, the DLCs that they that they are releasing are like a crutch for the game. Like, well, the game itself is is not super sustainable, right? I mean, like the whole thing is you boot in, you play a couple rounds, and you get bored. I mean, is that just me? Do you guys did you guys play that? No, yeah, I mean I, it's I, the same way for me. I, yeah, I mean I played it for a little while, and I'll play it, you know, here and there with. Uh, you know, like my cousins and my uncles. Yeah. And we'll have a good time like when we're playing it, but it's never like, guys, we got to meet up tonight. We're going to play this. We're going to run through this. It's like, hey, it's, you know, Wednesday evening and we got nothing else to play. So let's hop on that and let's, you know, run through it. But it's not like, and, and There's all no of us draw. are pretty, yeah. right. Like, and all of us are pretty like proactive at like, hey, like we're going to, you know, allocate some time to play this game or we're going to play like, you know, Battlefield. Like, I mean, we're still playing Battlefield 4 and that game's, been out for how long but the like the multiplayer content is just a lot hardier at least in my opinion yeah. uh, in, you know in comparison to battlefront and battlefront's entire makeup was just multiplayer as a follow-up question to you alex do you do you think that you would still be playing battlefront if you didn't have other people that you knew that you were going to be playing with absolutely not no um I just because again, like I like I like Star Wars a lot, and it's a super fun universe to run around in. But a there's got to be like a really huge pull for me to go into uh, like a multiplayer like online environment like that when it's just myself. Uh, there's only a couple games that I've really kind of jumped into in that format, and it's just it's it's hard. For I mean, just stick with it because there's a lot of grinding involved because until you're at a proper level, it just sucks and it's just like getting hit over the head, you know? Uh, (laughs) It's sort of like Destiny if you don't have anyone to raid with. Yeah. Uh, Right, which is why I quit playing Destiny. Yeah. But, you know, and service level, that game's awesome and it's super fun and I, you know, Bungie, huge fan. Uh, But it was just a lack of people to play with consistently because for a game like that especially, you have to allocate that time Mm -hmm. to play with people and say, hey, from 5 to 7, this is what we're doing. It's it's a lot like WoW in that way, you know? Uh, I think that's true, except I think they marketed it to a wider audience that didn't really have necessarily the time availability. 
Yeah. I mean, it pulled me in. I definitely don't have time for rating. For me, the biggest problem with Destiny was a lack of content when it came out. Yeah. Speaking of DLCs, right? I think a a lack of content and also a lack of, um, like, easy in community. Like, I think if, even if Destiny didn't have the best you know, content initially. I think mm-hmm. if they would have tried to have more elements of community building within the game, um, that they could have had a lot more people staying with the game because they would have met people mm-hmm. in the game that that would want to play together, that would want to do the challenges together it's, and the raids together. It's a small thing and it's like it sounds really stupid, but the ability the the lack of an ability for me to walk up to a random player on the same like map, we're in the same in a world because we're in the same area, and just click on them and party with them without going back to orbit. Like, yeah, I can't. Like, I have to say, oh, you're going to be in my party, and it's like now pairing party, and you go back to orbit and you come back and do your mission again to like align on stuff. It's mm-hmm. just it's silly to me that you couldn't just be like, now you're with me, let's do it together. We're here now. Yeah, or and or like having like a looking for group element where you were able to choose the people Mm -hmm. um that you wanted to join with with, without like that random like um just searching sure i mean well i guess that's what they were going for with the tower but the limit of only what 10 25 people per tower is not great for that i want to say it's like 16 or 20 people yeah tops at the tower which is like a very small sliver of (laughs) (laughs) of that entire community yeah. Well, I was I was going to say some companies do DLC right, and I think Destiny, while they added a whole boatload of content, I think sort of the premise was is sort of what we have bigger issue with. Not the fact that they added in a million different ways to do it; it's kind of the same game still. Um, did you guys ever play Witcher Three? No. So the Witcher Three, first off, you should play that if you haven't played any of the Witcher games. It's so good. It's, it's phenomenal. It is worth every penny you're paying for it it's and romance them all oh my god romance everybody oh my god um, yes. that's why we got so passionate about it last time <laughs> um <laughs> especially tris anywho um the the witcher 3 dlc is exceptional because they um project red the developer didn't say okay cool thanks for buying my 60 dollar game we're going to release a season pass of all this additional crap that you don't really need but unfortunately you're going to have to have if you want to experience the whole game <laughs> they said instead um thanks for buying our game we know it was 60 dollars, and that's a lot for a lot of people so here is 25 different free dlcs that you can download because you bought the game crazy and you didn't have to pre-order yeah. that. It's just, it's included with the game. They said, these are things that we wanted to include. We didn't have time before launch. And therefore, here they are for you now. Yeah. Um, and and the, I, you know, some I of really them are loved stupid, that. like outfits. But still, it's they added in a whole bunch of missions and things that weren't in there. Oh, you know, my gosh. Can we talk about the Gwent DLC? Because, <laughs> oh, my God. Hankering to play some Gwent. Oh, my Lord. Oh. I could spend the rest of my life playing Gwent. That's a lie, but it's so good. Like, I would have bought The Witcher 3 just to play Gwent. Well, you didn't know about it before. You didn't know about how Gwent, great, how Gwent, Gwent was, how great Gwent was until (laughs) uh, you got it. So maybe not, but I can hear you. That's so good. Yeah. So I think you you bring up a really good point about um, just in general, since we're talking about DLCs, what the best 
kind of way to put out a DLC is. Like, is it in The Witcher 3, it was basically like exactly what you said. Mm-hmm. Like, this this is DLC content because we wanted to give you a holistic experience in your game, but we didn't have time when it released. You're our, our customer and we want to give you a holistic experience. And so we're going to release this stuff when we're ready for it. And you're going to be able to download it because you bought the game. Exactly. Whereas other games like um, Destiny, like um, Battlefront. Um, Pretty much any e- EA title. And, and any of those. They release these DLCs and they're like, well, here's some new things that you don't have any way of playing unless you buy with real money these DLCs, which may or may not be worth the the money that you're paying for. Yeah, and it it sort of makes it, especially with games that are multiplayer-centric, it makes it prohibitive because, um, let's take, for example, Battlefront for another moment. They have three expansion packs included in the season pass. Um, The Outer Rim, the Bespin, so Cloud City, and then the Death Star maps, which actually look really exciting. Like, I want to play on those places because when I boot into these games, I want to experience whatever the coolest thing is. And when they released Jakku, I was like, well, let's play on Jakku. Um, But I know that when the Death Star DLC comes out, the first thing that's going to happen is everyone who bought it can play in that map. And they'll be like, oh, sorry, you can't can't join... um, match matching from everyone you'll have to join this subset of matching where you look for the specific map and the specific game type you want to play instead of hitting shuffle all find me a match yeah um because some of those things you don't have all the content for sorry um it's annoying but it it, it kind of like forces you to feel like you have to get it yeah i and i think that's the case with a lot of multiplayer dlcs um like you if you don't get the DLC content or you don't purchase the DLC content, like if there are weapon packs or armor packs or something like that, then you won't have the best gear. You won't be able to compete with all the other people who are playing online who, you know, everyone's trying to enjoy their game, but they have a leg up because they had the funds to be able to purchase, you know, additional content. Yeah. So at at what point, especially in a competitive multiplayer, is that fair? I would agree with you. Now, I have a question, um, and this is for the group, so feel free to chime in if you guys have thoughts. What about DLC in games where you can earn the funds of in-game credits um, based on kill streaks or whatever your marker is? You have enough, like, I'm good at this game points to unlock the DLC by applying those things or you have the option to pay real money to do it before earning it. What do you that's, think about that? That's a great idea in theory. The mm-hmm. problem that you run into is the corporate culture of, of how video games are set up, especially with the DL, DLC structure now is mm-hmm. you might be able to get progress by doing in-game tasks but you have to do so much of it and invest so much time that it's essentially a paywall. You know, if you're not if you're not pouring the money in and putting it in their pockets, the time investment that you have to put into the actual game to achieve those things is just ridiculous. The Candy Crush effect. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. It, it, usually, it usually it usually sounds good on paper, but never works out well for mm-hmm. a consumer. Yeah, and that's fair. This is kind of teetering on the topic of microtransactions which happens to be my least like when 
hate, <laughs> breathe, breathe, baby. Hate, it's okay. I, 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 I just hate them. Like I hate because it's like I'm, 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 I'm. Sorry, I'm. I really just don't. I mean, so because what ends up happening is I have to pay money into this finite resource, right, to get 600 credits, right, kind of like what you guys are talking about. But those 600 mm-hmm. credits are going to run out. But I still want to play the game. Well, mm-hmm. in order to play the game, I still I have to pay for those additional 600 credits or whatever the monetary value is in the video game, right? Like that's exactly why I quit playing Halo 5 because I saw that that was such an integral part to a lot of the multiplayer in that. And I just Oh man, that that Warzone map or that Warzone mode, I won't even touch it because I refuse. The the microtransactions in that are so important and yeah. the problem is is like <clears throat> so few people are actually pouring money into that game that the teams that are, as soon as you use a good card in that you immediately lose it because they have something better. Right. And it's just, exactly. it's just like throwing your money away. And I'm not like halo bashing. Like halo is my <clears throat> favorite game series of all time forever. Like that's fine. I'm sorry. Like, I was like, it's okay. But like, <laughs> like I, like I love halo. Right. But but that was like such a huge turnoff for me when I picked up that game and I've like played the campaign because I like I'll play I'll, I'll play through the campaign before I even touch the multiplayer and so I played through the campaign and I really enjoyed it and then I played through and I opened up multiplayer and I was like no you know I mean I like you know I played it for a little bit but you know and then there are other games like again kind of circling back to Battlefield which I think that they do okay with as far as the like DLC stuff. I mean, so, so they released um, Dragon Valley, which was like a famous like battlefield map from way back in the day. They redid it for the game and then released it for free. Now, I might be biased because it was a free DLC, but I, like, I'll play just that map over and over and again because it's actually good content. I would have actually paid for it, you know, if it was a reasonable price. But, it, you know... I'm I'm more willing to pay for things like map packs, which are the sandbox that I can play in and kind of explore, especially sure. with three mm-hmm. or four. But if I'm paying for something that's like this finite resource, like I was just talking about, I just I can't find myself to do that because I think that mining like, to pay to mine to pay to mine to pay to mine. Yeah. Right, because I'm not paying for a video game. I'm paying for a job, and I don't want a job. I want a game. Yeah. Know? Yeah, and I think. I think that there are a couple games who have done microtransactions actually really well. Um, Like the first thing that comes to mind is destiny again. Um, They, when Mm. they introduced all of the um, completely optional uh, like dances and gestures and things like that. Totally non-necessary ones. That's the thing. Completely non-necessary, but like also like, really badass like i could pay what like five or ten dollars and my character could do the hotline hotline bling dance like that was so great it is wait is that really in is that really in destiny that is really in destiny it is a real thing there's also like there's also like star wars emotes like there's they're specifically weird you can also do the carlton you can yeah Mm -hmm. i think that that You can also do the uh, the thriller Michael Jackson dance. Yeah, you can. That's great. Um, and like fist bump your friends and stuff, but like those those are microtransactions. And I think that uh, gaming developers listen to me. I think that it would be really cool if games that had DLC options had those microtransactions, like basically, so the corporate world could still make 
their money, but basically the microtransactions were completely uh, either like vanity items or things non-essential to the game. Um, Isn't that how Dota does it? Like every DLC is just cosmetic? It doesn't actually like League of Legends, Dota, yeah, like all the skins and stuff. Yeah. Um, same with like CS:GO. Mm. Yeah. Um, they like all of the skins and everything, the chests that you can open, all of that is completely optional. I mean, um, they could do it like Team Fortress Two and just give you infinite hats. <laughs> I do love hats. <laughs> this isn't. So the guy wearing goggles right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, even World of Warcraft had it where you can you can purchase mounts or pets, um, and even like shouting out Blizzard. Like when I remember, um, what was it, Hurricane Sandy or something? Or the um, it was around that time. I want to say actually, I think it was the earthquake in Japan. They sold a special pet that um, was completely optional, like a vanity pet, and the proceeds from that uh, purchase went straight to that charity. And straight to that cause, which was really cool as a microtransaction in a game. Hmm. Like more oh, stuff fun. like that. Yeah. Yeah, and like and like that's kind of neat. I mean, I think to your point, like Blizzard, you know, and games like that, where if you're paying for something and you get to use it, and again, it's not like forced upon you. Like things like mounts, like those are all optional add-ons, right? Like you don't you don't need a mount or like a specific mount to necessarily progress in the game. It's just for add-ons or additional, right? Kind of like those skins and stuff and League and, and Dota and all that stuff, right? It, yeah. it, it just kind of changes how you the play the game. Yeah. Right, exactly. But but it doesn't it doesn't have anything to do with your actual skill level or ability. It won't no. impact Certain your achievements, maybe. Like if you were going for like mount achievements or like other things. Right. Um, but like yeah. other than like actually being able to play the game well, <laughs> no effect. Yeah. Like well, it doesn't it doesn't rely on those upgrades or those yeah. add-ons. Well, so okay, so the, so I don't typically buy season passes um, for a lot of the same reasons you guys have been mentioning. But one game that I have bought the season pass for unabashedly um, was the Alien Isolation game, and I'm only thinking about this because I have been starting cool. to play it again. <clears throat> and that's because I think for me, as a fan of the Alien like movies, yeah. the fact that one of the DLCs was the crew expendable map. Um, which is literally a remake of the movie where you are Sigourney Weaver's, um, you know, uh, Ellen Ripley, and you are on the Inisidora or uh, Nostromo, I guess is the original ship, and you um, have to flush out the alien. So the fact that I could relive my favorite scene from one of my favorite movies of all time um, in such an interesting world was worth whatever I paid for it, which I think was like a good $10 at the time. Um, And then I saw that, I saw how awesome that was. And I was like, well, I want to get the survival modes. I want to get all the expansion pieces. No problem. I just started pouring money into it because I was like, this is worth playing. Um, So I feel like it, it, again, it depends on kind of what you're getting for your money. And I know that there are a lot of different people who value different things so there's always going to be someone out there who's like oh hell yeah another call of duty map pack i'm getting it no question you know but i think if they're if they're giving you this many hours of content for me that's my that's my weakness i'm like more experience yes that's what i want i think the problem is is that when when you hear the word season pass Mm -hmm. you have an expectation and i think that i i think that 
companies and game developers should be a lot more clear about the expectation that they're setting with season passes because you know like with alien uh isolation it sounds like you you know you really lucked out with the amount of content that you got it is it was a very good amount for for the dollars you gave them but then you have something like uh batman arkham knight where the season pass ended up being unanimously disappointing to almost everybody and some of it was even too much garbage yeah nobody liked it and they had already paid for that you know they 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 were basically signing up for a gamble and that that doesn't seem fair yeah, at all that that i think is the big thing is that nobody's well so did did batman arkham knight release what they were going to be doing first or did they say you could get all sorts of they new didn't, stuff they didn't now they announced it piece by piece so they, um, did, they did the battlefront season pass mode. exactly and that's that's what that's, scares the shit out of, uh, sorry that's what scares the hell out of me about that <laughs> is the fact that um, i'm trying to tone back my language the fact that um, you know okay. if if uh, if you say to me, "Hey, I might have a boat that has your name on it," it also could be a cardboard box with garbage in it. Yeah, that's the Either thing. Is this like you're, you're basically saying, you know, you put in twenty five dollars. Here's this curtain. I'm not going to tell you what's behind it until after you give me this twenty five dollars. Well, I feel and like you're saying it's going to be real good. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Just give me those 25s. Yeah. The more money you give me makes that behind the curtain better too. <laughs> yeah, that's always my fear. Like when they don't release something, it's like are there are they waiting to see how many people are interested in DLCs and Probably. then they're going to come out with content cuz that that seems real sketch to me because if if like if I'm spending money for DLCs or for a season pass. I want that like, to be done already. Yeah. Or at least like in the works. Like you know what you're going to do. You have a mission. I'm giving you money for it. <laughs> like almost like a Kickstarter. Like you give me a little teaser. Mm-hmm. I'll throw some money your way. And then in a year or two, <laughs> something will come out. Well, the danger of Kickstarters too is that sometimes you don't get squat. But you do get your money back. Right. That's true. DLC. a season pass, season you don't. Season pass, you don't. It's gone i think i think kickstarters are a totally different ballpark though oh for sure i was just using that as an example have you guys ever seen that picture online that's like games back in the day versus today and then it's like games back in the day was like a cheeseburger like a full-on cheeseburger (laughs) oh yeah and then Game today was like two empty buns, and then all of the ingredients were dlc Mm -hmm. (laughs) oh Oh, there's like a lettuce piece in there that's like add-on yeah exactly it's exactly pat- the lettuce is patch yeah day one patch uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i i don't think this is actual i wouldn't really call it dlc but mm-hmm. i think it's an honorable mention the way nintendo handled content with splatoon was super brilliant um they didn't make anybody pay for it they kind of did a little bit of a battlefront thing where they released a limited amount of content at the beginning but it was very much to like get people comfortable with that type of game. And then they kind of slowly flooded in free updates and maps and weapons and things like that uh, over the course of time until the, the entire game was complete. And that was, a, that was a really good way of doing it. Just it automatically mm-hmm. was there. But mm-hmm. I mean, obviously that isn't, that isn't DLC because you're not paying for anything. It was kind of like patch piece. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It was the community engaged. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Even like, you know, I mean, even like what Will was saying about Rise of the Tomb Raider, how it's it's not even like you're unlocking an entire different portion of that world almost. Mm-hmm. And, and you're 
getting into these deep dives of, of what that like realm provides, you know, I mean, I kind of, uh, like that appeals to me in that sense, because, you know, at least in my mind, I'm getting what I'm paying for, right? Like I'm getting to really kind of explore and get some, some time out of it. And, and it's not really just like a time thing. Cause I've, I've paid a lot of money for a very short experience as far as video games are concerned, but it, it was satisfying. Right. So mm-hmm. I think that there has to be that balance where it's, it's, it's appealing to enough people that they're going to want to pay the 12 bucks or the 24 bucks or whatever it is, uh, or, you know, 60, which is practically they're buying a new game, mm-hmm. but whatever. Um, but you know, it's just it, like the content is going to have to be worthy of that price tag, which I know you guys were kind of referencing in a couple of other episodes where that price tag has to match the content inside or at least the, or at least the, the enjoyment. Uh, but, but that is completely on par with me as far as uh, DLC is concerned, because it just gets too, too, like it, the cost gets too high for too little, you know, very quickly. Yeah. I think the other thing about DLC and I totally agree with that is that, or at least season pass at, you know, advanced notice downloads is that you kind of buy games. At least I do these ga- these day these days by looking at, um, what people are saying about it, right? You play it, you hear what people say. You're like, okay, that sounds like it's in my wheelhouse. Maybe I'll try that out. No problem. With certain season pass DLCs, you kind of are taking a gamble that, you know that it will it will be good, and there is no way to do any research. There's no Yelp reviews for it. You know, there's no uh, game game spins that anybody has posted up. There's no Pixel Raider reviews about it because it doesn't exist yet. <laughs> um, it's just here. You're taking a shot in the dark, and you're not guaranteed anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, a, well, it's a real gamble. I, I feel like yeah. I feel like if you're gonna have uh, expect people to shell out money for a season pass or downloadable content. I mean, you have to go the Kickstarter route. I feel like in that mm. you really should have a uh, a roadmap. Like this is what you're going to get this month, and then the next month, and then the next month. And if you're all in, good. Even it, it doesn't even have to be concrete. Like it doesn't have to be set in stone. This is everything that's going to be in this downloadable content, but just some kind of idea rather than nothing. Yeah. Well, and I think my only, so I, I bought the season pass for Fallout 4 when it came out because I got the Pip-Boy edition. So it came with it. And the only other season pass that I ever got before was the uh, Bioshock infinite season pass. Danny. Um, I got that too. Danny. Yeah. Do you wear the Pit Boy when you play Fallout Four? <laughs> I'm gonna be totally honest. Yeah, she does. My my arm is too small. No. <laughs> so uh, it, like, it so I, I did it like a couple times. <laughs> but like even with the thing that you can like tighten inside, like my arm still just kinda like flops around. Like it just like rolls around on top of my arm. I wish I wish I was more girthy so that it actually fit. It's actually Me my too. motivation. Um my my new New Year's challenge, resolution to myself is um to get at least a hundred more pounds overweight. Just get grand um, arms. Because like right now I'm tiny, but if I get really fat, it'll probably fit. That's worth so it. So that's, that's um that's yeah, yeah. yeah. 
So I've been I, eating I, a lot of Shake Shack, some like gross. If I get stuff, diabetes, so. then I can wear this boy. <laughs> right. so of, let's make it happen. Because of diabetes? <laughs> Jesus. Oh, my God. Uh, wow. Oh, my gosh. No, but um, I do love it. Um, mm-hmm. But what was I saying before? Oh, season passes. So the only other season pass that I'd ever gotten was the Bioshock Infinite one. And so, like, which by I the time... Okay. Which... Yeah, I played the the first little dingle that came out for it. But then by the time that Burial at Sea, the first episode came out, it was like nine or ten months after the game actually released. And I was like not even thinking about Bioshock at all anymore. Like I had beaten the game like within the first month, definitely at least. And then like it was like out of my life. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like... um... I feel like I feel like it was worth playing because I enjoyed it. Like Burial at Sea was super cool, but I definitely don't think that um, that all the DLCs that were released with that were were worth what I paid. I think as long as they exist the way they are, I I think there's just too much of a gamble. I you know like I like I said before, it, it, there needs to be clarity on what you're what you should expect and what you're getting because that just isn't there currently. Yeah. Yeah. I think as long as the the game without the DLCs, without any of the add-on content, as long as that game is solid and there's a plan for what's to come, mm-hmm. then I think a season pass is smart. And a promise that it's not just going to be outfits. Yeah. <laughs> Dear God, or emotes. Now that's the big thing. Emotes and outfits. Alex, what do you think? Um, yeah... I kind of agree with with Tristan and everyone else. You know, I mean, if if it continues with how it is, I mean, I I've successfully not subscribed to a single season pass in my entire life, and I've enjoyed games and hated games just fine without. Um, <laughs> now that being said, you know, I mean, like I'll grab map packs and stuff like that here and there, you know, and and add-ons that I wish, but just like allotting a specific amount of money and saying this is how much I'm paying and not knowing that content, that's a lot sketchier than paying twelve bucks for a map pack and then hating it. You know? Yeah. I know that I'm I know that I'm gonna get a map pack or like a gun upgrade or whatever it is, right? Like I know I'm gonna get that and the the risk of me liking it or not liking it is my personal preference, but at least I know what's behind the curtain to use Tristan's all too real analogy. Yeah, sometimes it feels like you really pay for that one solid piece of content with the season pass, and then you get three other hastily put together things so they could say, oh, yeah, it was got to fill that quota. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah, I don't know. Tony, you got any last-minute thoughts? Uh, No, I mean, pretty much what we just been going on about. uh, There really should be some kind of roadmap. Um, You know, I'm just I'm not a fan of throwing money towards something and having absolutely no idea what I'm going to get out of it. Uh sometimes, you know, you you do pretty well in the case of like Fallout or The Witcher or Splatoon, well even though those some of those were free, but then other times you get burned like in Batman Arkham Knight. I would be interested in knowing everybody's favorite or most memorable piece of DLC. Alien Isolation. Were. That was quick. Wow! Oh, yeah, yeah. It. it was off the top of my head, dude. One hundred percent, totally worth it. Playing crew expendable, feeling like I'm Ellen Ripley. I I have 
I don't. I'm weird. I don't like horror movies because I can't control the action, but I love horror games because I I feel like I'm sort of in control of my own destiny, and there's a chance that I won't die horribly. <laughs> and so, Alien Isolation was the greatest one for me because I got to experience that firsthand. And you know, crap the couch. Do you play a lot of horror games? I do. I'm mad into that. Yeah. Have you Have you played Among the Sleep? Um, you know, I played a little. Um, I watched a lot more players of that because I was curious about whether or not I wanted to buy it. It's but that's so a story good. for another another day. If you think it's worth it, let me know because I, I was totally considering worth picking it. it up. Totally yeah? worth it. Okay, then I'm getting it. Danny, what's your favorite DLC? I think my favorite DLC was probably the Fallout 3 DLC where you could go into the alien spaceship. Mothership um, Zeta or something? Yeah. Mothership Down? I, Mothership Down? Yep. I was uh, I was super, super into that. Um, I really enjoyed that. Alex? Um, I'm, I was kind of fishing around. I'm, I'm pretty set on my answer. It's, it's got to be Red Dead Redemption. Like anything that came out for that game uh, was just a blast. And for the, yeah. like, like the amount that you got in these down, you know, in these DLCs, I remember just, it, it was like nine map packs plus like some outfits or like a new weapon and it was $10. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. You know, uh, super awesome. So yeah, but I Tom- like pretty much anything. Redemption. Man, um, off the top of my head, the only thing I could really think of I'd have to say is uh, the DLC for The Last of Us. I really liked the. <sighs> I, yeah, I know Tristan. I know. But I really liked the. Uh, I really liked the story to the prequel with with Ellie and her friend Riley, and seeing what things were like, kind of before everything went to shit, and what made her the the character that she was in the game that I the full game that I had just played before. That's cool. Hmm, what fair. about you? Um, I am in the same boat as uh, Alex. Um, the Red Dead Redemption, specifically Undead Nightmare. Oof. Oh, nice. That campaign uh-huh. is, in my opinion, like the first time DLC was done perfectly right. And yeah. one of the only times since then that it has ever been done right. That's fair. Yeah. Nice. Cool. All right, guys, that concludes episode five. I'm your host, Antonio. I'm your other host, Will. I'm your other host, other, other, Danny. I'm Danny. (laughs) I'm Tristan. (laughs) And I'm Alex. If you guys have any uh, questions, comments, or concerns, you can email us at podcast at pixelrator.com. We're also now on Instagram. Just search for pixelrator and you'll find us. And all of our Twitter handles are also in the description of every podcast. So follow us and eventually we'll tweet something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thanks for listening. All right, guys. See you next time. Adios. Bye. Bye.